Hey, it's Sydney Brown. And Lakina McGee. From Second City Sports. Be sure to follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Roku, we are at Sports Zone Chicago. And on Twitter, we are at Sports Zone Chi. Be sure to download our mobile app as well as you can take Sports Zone Chicago with you on the go. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We're live in living color, baby. Along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brownhead. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CKID. Once again, it's CKID. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on our, on our other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. And speaking of our podcast, Second City Sports, you can subscribe to it by going to War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, please go ahead and give them a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing our two-hour extreme against, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type me in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you folks the hometown Samantha Rivera forearm boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> I use the wrong hand. She used she used her she used her, her left hand. She used her, 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 her right hand. Whichever hand you use, Lakina, uh, they'll get the message. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that Sports Hall Chicago is now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports Hall Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just download that Sports Hall Chicago app by tapping on that sports folder. That's right. Liam Hendricks says you better do it. You must do it. If you have a Roku television, like I said, just uh, tap on the sports phone and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You have a bunch of handheld devices uh, laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC like Lakina's using right now, or your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just go to the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere you want. And you know we will provide. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, I love it. I love it. All right. So I uh, said so we got a busy show ahead. Uh, you know, we let you know, hope you guys like our cool new background. Of course, we got some new backgrounds going to be playing playing around with. So you know, bear with us if you're watching us on the Facebook and YouTube page on Sports on Chicago. We got our girl Christy Mack of KXRP joining us to talk. Um, basically, a lot of you know stuff that happening. You know, sports mm-hmm. media news, and of course, you know. All you know, NFL, all the other stuff that's going on right now. So make sure you know, guys stick around for that at about a little mm-hmm. after one. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about some uh, White Sox and Cubs. Of course, we're going to start locally with the baseball. Well, White Sox, okay, you go, you got a, you got a nice show for the White Sox. I guess the Yankees they won two out of three. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird uh, week, real for them. Of course, with the wildfires going up in Canada, mm-hmm. you know, the air quality in New York and Philadelphia and DC and some other uh, spots. You know, even here in Chicago is affecting us here. You know, had, the air quality hasn't been very good, so mm-hmm. a lot of the sports scheduling has been kind of you know all over the place. So the Sox had to play a doubleheader yesterday. They did take one. You know, they did split the doubleheader with the Yankees, win the first one, and it looks. I know they've the one about five of their last six. Mm-hmm. I, I get it, but you know, you got. I mean, they did win without Aaron Judge, and had to, they had to face Aaron Judge. You know, this time, so it's hard to kind of say whether or not you know. Is this really like are the Sox really back? I know they're they're three and a half back. I get, get I know Minnesota will get to them in, in, you know, after this after the break, but mm-hmm. you know I think for me it's hard to kind of get into it. I mean the bullpens are very solid. Liam Hendricks, you know, got another has given up any runs since um, you know in the last couple of days since he's been back after that first start. You know, yes, the hitting has been okay, has been solid. You know, Jake Berger, of course, you got to think you got to make a kiss from you know going to the All Star break. I'm sure mm-hmm. getting him a a, a a birth there, but it's hard for me to get into, get on, again. This is like this side of the White Sox, you know, bandwagon. I mean, if you want to get on the bandwagon, I'm sure Sid is. But if you look, like, all you White Sox, White Sox fans that want to be on the bandwagon, fine. But I'm not on it yet. But and Eloy got hurt again, so you know. I know yes. you were happy, quote unquote. <laughs> Like clockwork, so uh, he got in that, uh, that second game, that double header. But uh, yes, yeah, so what did you think about the White Sox this week? I uh, like I said for the last couple of weeks, Lakina, I get your pessimism, and I get it. You can't really justice uh, uh, judge this team until you get to five hundred. We get it, but as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you got to start somewhere. Yes, they took two out of three in New York against the Yankees. Yes, they were with our Aaron Judge and and John Carlos saying he was in the lineup, but he really didn't do any damage against your pitching staff. Props to Lucas Giolio. He pitched a stellar performance of six innings of no-hit ball on Tuesday. Liam Hendricks got his first save of the of the season on Tuesday. And, of course, as you mentioned yesterday, they split the day-night doubleheader. Lance Lynn is still a, a thorn up. Some people's spine. Uh, the, the White Sox offense did bail him out yesterday. Too bad they couldn't do that in the second game with Mike Clevenger on the mound. Uh, he, he pitched his heart out for the Sox, but they came away on the short end of the stick. But I, I was really impressed by the Sox uh, in New York City. I, I told you they were not get swept. They were going to take one game. Well, they took two, so you have to be happy with that. They're five and one, like you say, in their last last six games. They are five and one for the month of June. The month is still early, but this team can build some momentum. You take on the Miami Marlins starting tonight on the South Side, and no, you cannot overlook this Marlins team because they're they're a little bit better than what people expect. But I expect them to take care of business there, but. You mentioned the offense. You know, Elo Jimenez, before he got hurt yesterday, he's been swinging a hot stick. Luis Robert, a.k.a. La Pantera, he's been coming on straight. And Jake Berger, go to MLB.com to vote him for the All-Star game. Uh, he deserves it right now. And Lakina, speaking of Jake Berger, I don't care where, where you put him. 
except for shortstop and catcher, of course. I don't care where you put him on the field. You decide to put him on the field for that particular day. He needs to be in the lineup every day because he, he's been providing a spark for the White Sox office for the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, they uh, look. I said the bird deserves a spot in the All Star uh, mm-hmm. reserve. You know, if not maybe, maybe not a star, but probably definitely in the on the reserve side. And, and look, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I mean, look, I look. Okay, yeah, the White Sox. Look, this is the ebbs and flows of the season. I know, yeah, they had the best record in the AL Central, you know, since April thirtieth. But I, I can't, you know, look past the fact that this team lost ten to to start off the season. Yeah, you can say, you know, because of injuries and whatnot. But a lot of other teams are dealing with injuries too, and you know, some are doing it right now as we speak. So. Yeah, yes, I am pessimistic, but you know what? I know the reality of this team. I'm going by what I've been seeing the last you know, couple of years. You thought that maybe the Sox would be you know, getting going? They win, they lose about five or six in a row. They win about maybe four or five in a row, then they lose about five or then they lose like nine in a row or something. So, yeah, I am pessimistic. Yes, I'm not. Yes, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, but I know the reality of how this team is. And yeah, the AL Central, yeah, they're back in at three and a half, but it just shows that the AL Central is pure comical. It's comedy. Like the fact that you know, you lose 10 in a row, you're the first, and then you know, you're you're three and a half. Let's just show you how bad the division is. So, you know, look, I mean, yeah, the Sox, look, they got a tough one against the Marlins. I don't know if they let me see. I gotta see if they're gonna be uh, facing El Contra this uh, Yeah, he's he's going against Michael Kopech tomorrow. I'll be there by the way. So okay, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll be an interesting one. But yeah, so uh look, I mean, look, you you win the series against the Marlins and you know, some of the look okay, look, I mean, I know Sox fans want to get back in the in the bad wagon. I get it, but, you know, you got you face the uh, you got a tough schedule. You got to go at the Dodgers after the series against Miami and you go at Seattle. Then you got to face Texas. I know we're talking about uh, uh, they got some a big injury, you know, come, you know, we'll take that after the break, but and they play Boston. They got to go back on the road out west. Then you got the Angels for four. And then you got the A's. Well, you mean, well, I mean, I don't want to say the A's, but they've that's been the house of horse with the White Sox uh, the last two years. You know how bad the A's have been, but you know they've got a tough schedule coming up. So I'm not there yet. Yes, they had a nice start to this month, but I I need to see more. I'm sorry. And like I said, I get your point. The offense looks like they're starting to come around. Hopefully, it continues this weekend as they go back home to face the Marlins. But they're starting pitching. Uh, needs to keep it up. Uh, Dylan Cease is on a bump tonight for the White Sox. Hopefully he, uh, he's been improving a little bit. Hopefully he can stay in the game past the fifth and sixth inning, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully he could do that. And like I said, Michael Kopech, I was at the game last Sunday afternoon against the Tigers. He, uh, except for that one mistake against uh, Spencer Torkelson, he pitched his butt off. Hopefully he could do the same thing tomorrow. And then, of course, if that game gets played on Sunday because of rain, Lucas Giolito will go on the bump. So, uh, the Sox, at least pitching-wise, uh, has has the matchup in their favor. Just hope the off- offense can continue and let Jake Berger stay in the lineup every day, please. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Now let's go to the north side for a second. Unfortunately, it hasn't been you know, hasn't been good. They got swept by the Angels three to uh, three to one you know, on the cap of that series. They faced the uh, Giants starting tonight. Just the inconsistency of the, the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some bad decisions by David Ross and some of the other things that have been going on. So, you know, Cubs fans are starting to freak out a little bit. And, you know, I've seen some of the, you know, the, some of our uh, our friends who are Cubs fans are starting to kind of freak out a bit. I mean, look, I just think, look, this is the kind of the ebbs and flows of the season. I know uh, Benz are still out. So I think that, I think he's the one that kind of gets the offense going. He mm-hmm. hasn't been out there. I know he has a, a session, you know, I think like over the weekend. So we'll see if he might be back by next week. 
I know Justin Steele has a touch had a touch of field session that you know not that's not what you're saying, folks, but <laughs> it you know it would okay. So hopefully maybe he he can get back and you know maybe the next week or two. So they need a lot of help. And look, a lot of guys have not been you know very good. You know, Nico Horner hasn't really been very good. Um, you know, you got to think. You know, Chris Romel starting to kind of you know kind of be on a standstill a little bit. I know more people think Murray should be sent back down, but I think look, you got to get a little bit better. You know, and all that. Hap, you know, Ian happens. Some of these other guys have not been stepping up for the Cubs on the, on the hitting side. The pitch has not really been the issue. It's just been the offense. I mean, unfortunately, now we're into the part where the offense just hasn't been, you know, been able to step it up. You just took the words right out of my mouth, Lakina. The starting pitching against the Angels in the series, uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. It's just that everybody at once has decided to take a a, a train to um, a, a stinky town if you're the mm-hmm. Cubs offense. Say Suzuki uh, looked like he was the only one that tried to hit with some consistency in that mm-hmm. series. But uh, Mike Trout hit a home run during, I believe it was Wednesday's game. I know Shohei Otani hit one for the for the Angels during the series opener on Tuesday, and so that those two didn't do as much damage as you would you would you thought they would do. But at the same time, that offense, like you said, just as a group, has just taken a big nosedive. Drew Smiley didn't pitch that badly last night. No. It's just that uh, that the offense just didn't bail him out. Uh, we said it before, Lakina. We'll keep saying it to the end of the season. If the Cubs just average between four and six runs a game, their starting pitching will be there. And we yeah. talk about Marcus Stroman, too. I know the Angels didn't see him in, it, in, uh, in this series. Uh, Marcus Stroman will pitch uh, in this tonight. weekend series yeah. uh, tonight against San Francisco. But yep. he's the long Cubs all-star representative, and he's been the most uh, consistent uh, starting pitcher since the beginning of the season. So hopefully he can keep it up. Kyle Hendricks, and we need to see more from him as he's trying to get his uh, feet back. And so – and James Wisniewski, I didn't think he pitched that badly. He, he, the Cubs game before nothing, leading that series opener on Tuesday. They, they just couldn't hold it. Just so. couldn't hold it. Yeah, the, the, the bullpen, you know, definitely uh, killed that momentum. So I think, unfortunately, you know, I know some people say maybe David Ross, you know, should be fired. But who are you going to bring? Okay, you got to promote someone from within. Okay, and then, okay, let's say, you know, that the Cubs missed the playoffs and after the season – what what do you do? I know Joe Girard, I know some people said that, but he might be pitching in college. I think I saw like maybe South Florida or Central Florida. Um, he's been offered that job and mm-hmm. you know, they're with their baseball team. And, and I just think that, look, you need kind of like an old, like a kind of a young guy to kind of like who knows who's been around, who knows kind of like what it takes to win. So, and you have to think that maybe, maybe you bring Joe Madden back. Maybe, you, I don't know, but I think, I don't, I love Rossi, but I don't think he's a guy for the job. I mean, hopefully he can, they can figure things out, but it just isn't there at this point. I know it was a short year a couple of years ago, but David Ross did get this team to the playoffs. So people right. do forget that, even though right. you were in transition from the old um, uh, regime with Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant until this with uh, until this group formed now, but like you said, unless somebody out there better than him right now, you're not going to fire David Ross. He deserves the opportunity to uh, to manage this team. And let's be honest, like, you know, we said this before the start of the season. Which you think that the core that is uh, that is on the field right now, you think it's going to be the finishing core in about a couple of years if, if coach management does this thing right? No. So Dave Ross deserves the opportunity to have the a full roster of, of his guys uh, on his roster. It looks like he's starting to get that now. You mentioned Christopher Mor- Morrell. He's starting to cool off a little bit, but he's made an impact since he's come up. So David Ross needs to have a full a full starting roster full of his guys to see if they can um, be competitive in the NL Central because 
we we talk about the other teams in this, in the NL Central. We'll get to them after the break. But Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, who struggled this week. So uh, the the Cubs do have a chance to get back in this thing, but uh, they need to turn it around offensively. They started pitching this there, and let's not forget about that bullpen. Even though uh, even though they haven't been doing that terribly this week, but that bullpen see, still needs a lot of work. And we'll see what GM Carter Hawkins does, along with Jed Hoyer, the the, the uh, president of baseball operations. We'll see what they can do between now and the All-Star break. But the Cubs got to get it going and get it going now. Look, I was saying something nice, and then I got, you know, I, got I froze. But uh, And it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, yeah. Look, look, I'll just finish this all, and then we can go to break. But uh, mm-hmm. look, I, I feel like I feel like, let, let, let's let, let Rossi finish up the season. And then you know, if the, the, the Cubs somehow just miss the playoffs, okay, he deserves another year. But if they continue to not win like 80 games, not get at 500, then we can kind of figure out, okay, let, let's see what, you know, what else is out there. But look, we'll, we'll see what uh, Jed Hoyer and Connor Hawkins do, because I, I think that this is definitely going to be, you know, the, the, these next you know, year, this, this next sort of like, you know, this next year is probably going to be interesting to see where the Cubs will be at, at this point. All right, so let's take a really quick break. I know we're way past the break, but we're going to talk about, you know, some of the stuff going on the rest of baseball. Um you know, interesting things happening in uh, in the world of baseball, I guess. You know, a lot of, you know, interesting streets going on and uh, some very interesting uh, things happening in some of these big series that are going on right now. Uh, we'll talk the rest of MLB coming up next with Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, second season sports on Sports on Chicago. MLB Talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on this front, front Friday, Friday fun edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKinney Green, which is she. I am Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Uh, I just like to talk to Phil Collins, Sir Phil Collins and say he has nothing to worry about. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter <laughs> and at Kielsberg on the IG. We have uh, less than 80 minutes 80 minutes left of this extravagance we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid, uh, let's talk about the rest of uh, this week in baseball. What caught your eye this week? Uh, a couple of things from this series. We'll, we'll, start, we'll start with the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. The Braves took Ooh. two out of three from the New York Mets. Of course, my guy Ozzy Obles with a great walk-off home run, the 3-1 shot last night to seal the series win in the game for the Atlanta Braves. As the Braves come from behind in that high-scoring affair to beat the New York Mets 13-10, on the field, Lakina, the, the Braves' offense is starting to shine through. On the flip side for the Mets, uh, their starting pitching has been stinky. Just, Justin Verlander it looks like his fool's gold in terms of the contract that the Mets signed him to uh, this past offseason. I know he's been injured for the most part for this year, but he hasn't looked good since his return uh, from the IL. And number two, uh, the world-famous midday host on WFAN, the one who said that Buck, he was going to fire Buck Showalter, uh, if he didn't turn this thing around within 30 days and a couple of weeks ago, that guy is starting to change his tune now. He wanted to call the sports radio police and say he wants to not say change his mind because he said, and I quote, that he he cracked the code uh, from one of uh, Buckshaw Walters postgame uh, pressers the other day. I think it was after the first loss of the series uh, to the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves at the Tuesday night's game. Uh, I don't make out the lineup card referring to Buckshaw Walter. And if that's the case, uh, Lakina, this ain't anything new as, as far as uh, certain hosts changing their tune. I don't care if it's this town or wherever sports radio shows or podcasts you listen to across the country and across the world. But what is it? Do you want Buck Showalter fired or not? We talked about uh, David Ross in our last segment. Okay, let's just say the uh, the Mets really go down the tunnel and take a real nosedive, which I still don't see happening. But let's just say they did and they fire Showalter. Who's going to replace it? Who wants that job right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's injuries and consistency in the pitching. I said that Vever Leonard sorry, was probably one of the worst, probably one of the worst of his career. He's had some bad starts. Mm-hmm. So that was just not good on his part. And also, too, uh, the Mets are the first, uh, you know, first team, first time that the in the history of the, the franchise that they lost three straight games and they led by at least three runs in all three of them. They were up by, by like six, you know, yesterday. So, like, what the mm-hmm. heck is going on? What the heck is going on here? So, like, I, I don't know what's going on with the Mets. 
is it you know injuries and such it's just like oh it's just been brutal so uh on the flip side though we'll go into the al uh the rays are kind of cementing themselves as the the best team in the not just in the al but in the league they're 46 and mm-hmm. 19 they've won six in a row and you thought that maybe with a little bit you know they with the white Sox, you thought that you know that that would have been it for them but look they won three straight against the twins i know that made white Sox fans happy yay uh, <laughs> but yeah and they, you know, of course they went uh three out of four against the red so- the red Sox. but yeah i mean you know their pit you know their pitch has been very solid the hitting has been very very uh been very good i mean harold ramirez um you know laser the a two-run home run to complete that sweep against the twins so it's been kind of an interesting sort of thing. You got look, you got guys that are not, you know, these guys are not like household names. Let's talk about the Rays, but they mm-hmm. actually have a, you know, these a lot of these guys are farm system guys. So they're actually playing some dividends. And look, at least for right now, they're showing you why they're the best team in baseball. Yes, as we said for many years, like you know, the, this franchise stresses on fundamentals, playing the game right, you know, running the bases, catching the ball, pitching the ball, and hitting in key situations. They're not. That their lineup has, is not filled with power guys that hit 40, 50 home runs a year. They don't have those guys. They have guys that fundamentally sound, played the game right. And that's what you would respect out of the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, led by their field manager, Kevin Cash. I'm sure he's up there for manager mm-hmm. of the year as well as he should because no one expected him to get off to this great of the start. On the flip side for the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa, who pimped the Minnesota Twins out of $300 million. I know he's been injured off and on this year, but he just hasn't had to – uh, the the year that most people expected him to have. I know Byron Bucks has been up and down with the injuries. Uh, they traded away Luis Arise to the Miami mm-hmm. Marlins. We'll get to him in a second, but they could use him right now. But uh, they're pitching. I know Sonny Gray is having another good year, but no one's afraid of him. And outside of uh, Johan Duran coming out of their bullpen, looks like he's having a, a little bit of a better year than last year. But are you really afraid of the Minnesota Twins? Right now, I'm not. And the office really doesn't scare you unless Bucks is in a lineup um, healthy for the majority of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting in the Twins. This is really, again, the ebbs and flows of the season. I think your know, injuries and all that. So we'll see what happens uh, there. But, uh, you know, it looks like Toronto, the Blue Jays are starting to you know, get it going here finally. Yay. Uh, you know, because we had them as uh, one, of their dis- one of the more disappointing teams <laughs> so far this year. Now they have, you know, they did. Um, sweep Houston, you know, they went three out of four, I should say, against Houston, which is not an easy thing. So they, it's been, you know, they, it, those were kind of like your know, gritty, you know, grinding out of games. Like the last, I think like the last two were like they're both three to two games, and Toronto was able to pull it off at home. You know, they did, you know, DFA Anthony Bass. Well, you know, we won't get into some of the stuff that he's, you know, some of the off the field uh, shenanigans that he's been making uh, headlines for, but, you know, we won't, well, we won't get into all that. But look, they're starting to kind of get going a little bit. I'm talking about the Blue Jays. And it looks like maybe their pitching has been very solid. And some of the, you know, the hitting, of course, you know, you know Vladdy Jr. Mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, Biggio and, you know, those guys. So, yeah, I think it's been very solid. Now, can they kind of turn around? We'll see. I mean, look, they won two out of three against the Brewers. They swept the Mets. They won three out of four, like I said, this week against the Astros. Starting to kind of get it going here. They've, they've won, um, you know, I think, what, like eight of, their, eight of their last ten. So, they've actually been pretty solid. So, we'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, the only bad loss that Toronto had in that series, of course, was the series opener on Monday. Alex Minot gave up six runs. I actually saw yeah. some of this game. 
Of course, he, he was, he's was he been struggling talking about Manel all year, and it's so bad they sent him down to Florida in rookie ball. So we'll see mm-hmm. if he uh, gets himself together in time to rejoin the Blue Jays in time for, for the stretch one. We'll see what happens with that. But you mentioned the offenses come through. I saw some of the game last night on MLB Network. Great job by Sierra Santos. Yes. Uh, Chris Young. And they had Jose Batista <clears throat> part of the broadcast when the Blue Jays started coming back. Of course, so the former Blue Jay who had that big home run in tech against Texas in that division series back in 2015. It was the MLB's Clubhouse edition. They did a great job on the broadcast last night. But uh, Toronto is starting to uh, piece it together. Like I said, Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Kavan Biggio, and some of those other guys. And as we said, this AL East is going to be a tough division race, and Toronto needs to keep up. Keep pace it absolutely it looks like they, they've been doing so that so far. Let's hope that they can keep it keep it up there. Now uh the Guardians or Jose Ramirez, you know, he had a, a solid uh showing yesterday and you know, of course, you know, capping off that uh winning two out of three against the Red Sox. Uh he hit what three home runs in one game, which is the first time in his you know his career. He actually had you know six yeah, about these four yeah you know, four RBIs. First time you know third time in his career that they you know he's had mm-hmm. uh, the third RBI of the day, his which is the seven his seven hundredth career RBI. Also his two hundred home runs. So Ramirez picked put together a nice little uh sort of like you know, making a case for All Star uh, position himself, and it looks mm-hmm. like you know, the the Guardians are right there. They're only one and a half back from the Twins, so. Mm-hmm. I give him his props. Yeah, Gary, it's just like you said, everybody else uh, the, who has injuries, they're going through it right now. Of course, remember Cleveland's without Tristan Kissing and mm-hmm. their other starting pitcher, Aaron Savali. So, and they're trying to uh, uh, piece it together. Of course, Shane Bieber's still there, but uh, he's starting to get touched up a little bit. So, Cleveland's uh, ke- uh, keeping it together. I know they were predicted by many to repeat as AL Central Division champions. I know they haven't looked uh, – remember, they struggled last year as well until they got together after the All-Star break, but they're trying to piece it together. I know they picked up Josh Bell from San Diego in the all-season. He's playing time at first base with Josh Naylor, who really had a breakout year last year. Thank you, White mm-hmm. Sox, on May 9th of last year. But uh, they're trying to piece it together. I, I don't think they're going to go away qu- quietly either because this, this AL Central division is, is terrible. But I wouldn't count the Guardians out. I, I wouldn't. Oh, no, I wouldn't. You'd be crazy if you did uh, count out uh, the Guardians here because they, they've got the pitching and the hitting. It's just like, it's like the White Sox mm-hmm. consistency. That's been the problem. And getting, you know, staying healthy, too, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, I got more faith. Did, just like last year, I got more faith in them than the Twins. Right. Uh, Eli De La Cruz, uh, who's the uh, the Cuban uh, um, the, the Cuban uh, player uh, who the Reds picked up. You know, he actually had his first career home run against the Dodgers. The Reds uh, win two out of three against the Dodgers. Um, you know, he hit three, uh, two home runs, I should say, in that series, including one that, uh, that you know, kept off a, a comeback there. But, uh, well, look, I don't know. Look, I don't know if we should take the Reds seriously because I kind of feel like this is sort of another thing where, you know, the ebbs and flows and whatnot. Yeah, he hit, you know, De La Cruz hit that monster, uh, like 450, 58 feet, feet home run, you know, in that second game. But, you know, I, I think, look, you kind of caught the the Dodgers in a in rough spot. I mean, the you know, guys have been kind of in and out of the lineup for various reasons. They, you know, the Dodgers did win to keep them from getting, keep themselves from getting swept. But, you know, the Reds, okay, yeah, it's some, like, you probably said, like, okay, yeah, you beat, you beat the Dodgers two out of three at home. So you can kind of take that. Yeah, Ellie De La Cruz becomes the first player. I saw the stat the other day. He's becomes the first player since 1953 to have a single, double, triple, and a home run in his first two games, and and that that's amazing. But 
we, we not to throw dirt on Cincinnati, but we've seen this before with all young players looking that come okay. up through the system and, and mm-hmm. the, the ones that are a high prospects that the highly talented to make an impact. They mm-hmm. bust down the scene right away. Pitchers and veterans starting to figure it out. The big adjustment is can you adjust to what those how how they get you out? So right, we'll exactly. we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, Cincinnati's not expected to do anything this year, but just like we saw with the Cubs with that group last year, they're not expected to do anything. So the pressure's off of them to go out and do their best and and perfect their craft. So and also too, don't forget about starting pitcher Hunter Green. Uh, he's yes. starting to come come on too. So. Is Cincinnati a playoff team? No, but I would not take them lightly either. Right? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a tough, uh, tough thing. So I don't think. So I don't think. I don't expect them to compete for a wild card spot. But you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Now the Phillies have been you know hot lately. Uh, they've won six straight, uh, including uh, winning three out of you know sweeping the the, the Tigers. Uh, you know Zach Wheeler. Um, you know, he took a no hitter uh, into the eighth mm-hmm. inning. You know Cody Clemens had a, a you know the game. Uh, a game ending, uh, well, the, the go well, not the get you know, what they had the game winning, uh, single, uh, that helps. So the Phillies they're starting to get together, they're starting to kind of figure things out. Talk about the Phillies, they got, they got the power, they had the power blue units. I love those uniforms from the 80s, those are sort of, those yeah, are, uh, I hate to say, I kind of like those too. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always loved those. You know, I kind of, you know, I was surprised I kind of got rid of those, but I'm glad they do, you know, bring it up from time to time. You know, mm-hmm. but that, but yeah, I think they're starting to make things interesting in NL East. I mean, you know, Atlanta, they had an up and down week this week. We saw the slide the Mets have been going through. So, could we start to see the team that we saw that made it to the World Series last year? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, they, they look, they look, they've been looking pretty good the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, Zach Wheeler would have looked good in the White Sox uniform. Uh, I know, I know. You're still miffed about that. Uh, he's better than Lance Lynn, but I'll leave that alone. But <laughs> but the starting pitching is led by uh, Zach Wheeler and Tajon Walker, who they got from the Mets uh, after last mm-hmm. season. So those two had the anger of their starting rotation. But their bullpen starting to come through as well. And let's not forget about the offensive starts they have. I know Bryce Harper is still in and out right now, but you still have Kyle Schwarber who brings the thunder in, uh, with his bat. Also to Trey Turner, I know he hasn't had the best start th- this year, but uh, you still had to consider him a threat in that lineup as well. So Philadelphia, they still have the bats, and um, as long as their, their uh, top starters in the front end of the rotation still continue to roll, Philadelphia will be back at 500. Yeah, I think they will be too. I think they'll 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 be right there competing for our, if not the East, you know, kind of Atlanta. I know they've won five in a row too. We'll see if Atlanta can keep that unlocked, but they can definitely compete for one of the wild card spots. I think it really is that big of a log gem in that wild card spot in the NL. So mm-hmm. we'll see uh, what happens uh, there. Um, let's see, anything else before we move on? Oh, anything else? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, uh, uh, I was doing something else for the moment. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, they take two out of three from the Baltimore Orioles uh, in in Milwaukee. As we said before, Milwaukee, uh, they have a nice team, but they're not going to run away with this with the NL Central. I, I just don't see it. Baltimore has gone through a little rust uh, stretch right now. I know they yeah. took the series finale yesterday, but I still think they'll be okay. You mentioned the Guardians taking two out of three against the Bull Sox. Nice accent, of Boston accent, by the way. I had to give you your props on that. Uh, the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. and Nationals, they split their two-game series because the third game was canceled yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was postponed, I should say, yesterday due to the Canadian wildfire, the poor air quality. And so hopefully those folks on the East Coast will uh, get better soon yeah. uh, with that because it's a terrible thing weather-wise that's going on right now. Yeah. Also, too, uh, the Giants, they take care of the Rockies uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, this week, winning that series, including the series finale yesterday. As you mentioned, 
Uh, they host the Cubs starting tonight from the Bay Area. Do you, do you believe in the San Francisco Giants? Uh, just like two years ago, I know they shocked everybody by winning over 100 games, even though they got bounced down in the, in the divisional series against the Dodgers. Uh, they have they still has just about this the, the same characters from two years ago. I'm not saying they're going to win 100 games. I don't see that happening. But do you see the Giants becoming a threat in the NL West? We talked about the Diamondbacks. They may be hanging around for a while. But uh, do, do we start to take the San Francisco Giants seriously, or are you still in wait-and-see mode? I'm kind of waiting to see him over the Giants. I mean, you thought last year they were kind of like right there too, you know, in that division. But you know, they started nosediving. Of course, the you know the Dodgers got got back up. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, the Gabe Kepler's done a great job. You know, with that uh, with that team. You know, kind of building it up with those young guys and and whatnot. I mean, you know, Brandon Crawford is still there. He's kind of like the elder, you know, he's not even 30 yet. He's still like the elder guy yeah. he's over 30, but he, he's kind of the elder guy, kind of the leader in that team. So he's still there. You want to come World Series there. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if, if we kind of keep it up. I mean, you know, they, they swept the Rockies. I mean, it's not really, you know, the Rockies aren't, that, aren't very good. So it's kind of hard to kind of make a snaps to the team with that because yeah. of that. So. We'll see. I mean, like I said, I, I'll wait. You know, of course, you know, they play the Cubs, you know, this week. You know, they got a, they got a tough, even tougher schedule after that, after that series. So next week. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of like waiting to see more with the, with them. Couple of the notes from this week in baseball. Your Seattle Mariners take two or three from the struggling San Diego Padres. If you're a Padres fan, uh, you yeah. you should you should be worried about that yes, by now. Yes. The Oakland A's they take two out of three in Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. and the the Miami Marlins who will come to Chicago to face the White Sox this weekend on the South Side. They did what they were supposed to, supposed to do. They swept Kansas City at home in three straight. Yeah. So. Uh... We just see what some of these series are going to be. Yeah, well, we'll see. Like I said, you know, look, we're still in you know, early June, so we won't know how these teams are going to be. It's like maybe like after, maybe you know, by the end of the month. So like I say, wake me when we'll see what happens with some of this stuff. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where these teams are going to be. You know, after all this, as least as I can see, sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now let's go into the schedule mode for this weekend. Some a uh, pretty solid series coming up this weekend. You got Arizona and Detroit. Uh, we'll see Detroit. Detroit's been a little bit of a skid, so we'll see if they can break that against the Diamondbacks. I told you they're a bunch of frauds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll, we'll, like, we'll see. Uh, the, we'll, we can say the same about. We'll see. see we'll see. Be saying the same thing about Arizona in about a month. But again, we'll see. Uh, Texas and Tampa Bay. That should be a good chase series. Unfortunately, Jacob Degrom yes. is out for the year with Tommy John, so that's a tough break for him. They've been sort of saying the foot, but we'll see what your know, Texas is. We'll be you know, at the end of the month. Uh, of course, Boston and the Yankees again. Uh, yay, a six oh five. Oh, we don't have a six hour nine inning game. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the first game of the Apple TV Plus. This is actually really is a double header uh, tonight, folks. Will be no uh, cross sectional, but uh, Kansas City and Baltimore. Pretty interesting. We'll see a Baltimore. I'm sure they're going to want to get out of get that bad taste out of their mouth uh, this week uh, mm-hmm. after what happened earlier this week. We'll see. Uh, for those of you in Kansas City and Baltimore, you got to k- check out Apple TV Plus. MLTV, MLBTV.com. You'll, you'll be able to check that out. So for the rest of uh, you guys, uh, the Dodgers and the Phillies, that should be interesting. Uh, Mets and Pittsburgh. You know, the Mets have been in a free fall. We'll see what happens with that. Minnesota and Toronto. We'll see if you know, Toronto can keep up their uh, their winning ways. Let's and, go uh, Blue Jays. <laughs> uh, a lot of Sox fans are going to be cheering for the Blue, G- Blue Jays this year. We'll see if the other Twins can get out of their skid. And uh, Houston is facing the Guardians. 
I'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, wrapping up our uh, weekend series uh, schedule, we will have Washington and Atlanta as the Nationals take on the Braves. We'll have Oakland and Milwaukee from American Family Field. Nice <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee accent there. <laughs> yeah. Also, we'll have Cincinnati and St. Louis uh, this weekend. The St. Louis, uh, they're still struggling, even though they're trying to climb out of their uh, early season struggles. We'll have San Diego, Colorado. Hopefully, San Diego can get their act together. Seattle, Lakina, Seattle Matters at the Anaheim Angels. That's the second game of that Apple TV Plus doubleheader tonight. That's at 8.38. And, of course, we have the Cubs in the San Francisco Giants. Hey, Lakina, give us the national TV schedule for Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, KC of Baltimore, 3.05 tomorrow, Saturday. ESPN Plus and the Fox regional coverage for tomorrow night, Saturday at 635. Boston and the Yankees, most of the people in the nation will be getting that. Of course, those of us here in Chicago and San Francisco will get the Cubs and the, and the Giants also on Fox at 635, the regional coverage there. And the Sunday morning Peacock game of the week. You remember this game is only streaming stream on Peacock. Uh, the Diamondbacks of Detroit, you know, finishing up that series. And, of course, Sunday baseball, no surprise. You got the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, the capper of that of that, uh, of that that series, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, 6 o'clock Chicago time on ESPN on Sunday. Watch well, show game will end in three and a half hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over under, I guess. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two is straight ahead as you listen to Second City Sports on a fun Friday, Friday, Friday fun edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. We'll preview tonight's game number four of the NBA Finals between the Devon Nuggets and the Miami Heat. We'll review uh, Wednesday's uh, game three win with the Denver Nuggets. Of course, we have a couple of sports media news nuggets to pass along. Um, TV Network is behaving badly. It looks like it's going to get worse for this group. We'll discuss that. And Live Golf and PGA Tour have married each other at the altar, perhaps for life. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. And we'll have our homegirl, Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB, to join us also next hour. So stay right there. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in Live Golf right here on Sports Old Chicago. Lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on this fun Friday, Friday fun edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with the Miss of the Kingdom McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brownhead. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid, let's see your switch gears here. Go to the Go to Hardwood. Let's talk your know, game three of the NBA Finals. Of course, you know, Denver uh, got the best of Miami, 109-94. Um, you know, in Miami, you got game four coming up tonight, a pivotal game four coming up tonight for Miami. We'll we'll get to that. We'll preview that in a second. But reviewing uh, game three here, of course, you know, Djokovic had 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. He's actually the first player in finals history, which I, I found us, you know, very shocking that this is the case. He's the first, you know, first player to do that in NBA in NBA finals. So I'm a little surprised by that, but you know, a little bit nutty. At uh, 34 points, uh, 10 boards, and 10 assists for Jamal Murray as well. They actually are the first team pair of teammates to do that too in NBA finals. So that that's again, that's a little bit crazy there. But you know, look, other than but it was uh Gosh, I mean, I haven't heard this name. You know, Christian Braun from Kansas. I haven't heard this name since last year's national championship game. <laughs> what can Brown do for you? <laughs> I mean, he had 15 points uh, off the bench. Yo, look, no one really – look, I, like I said, I haven't heard that name since – I forgot he was in the, in the league, so that just shows you how uh, far off I am as absurd this is. You know, he was a uh, seventh for eight from the field. You know, but on the flip side for Miami, you had, you know, Butler to his day with 28 points. You know, Bam was also had another good game, you know, 22, but he was only 7 for 21 from the field. So you could probably, he do a little bit more, but everyone else, I mean, Gabe Benson, I know he was in foul trouble a lot. A couple of those fouls were not his fault. But that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Matt Stress only one for seven from the uh, field. So and one for four from three, that's not good. Duncan Robinson only scored nine points. 
and, and Caleb Martin, you know, he only, he only had 10 points. He did what he could, but he could have done more too. Cody Zeller, he should not be seeing the court ever again. He can't guard <laughs> Jokic, so let's not get. But other than that, Sid, what did you think about uh, game three on, on Wednesday? Unlike in game two, <clears throat> excuse me, the Denver Nuggets executed their offensive game play into perfection. You mentioned Jokic's. Uh, Nikolai Jokic is a triple-double. He played well. Jamal Murray, unlike in game two, he stepped up his game consistently on offense. And Christian Brown, I should say, those – he had like a – remember Matthew Del Vadova from Cleveland back in 2015? Yes, I do. Kyrie got injured. Uh, He helped LeBron out in that 2015 series in Golden State. You know, Golden State ended up winning that title. Uh, In game three, Matthew Del Vadova had a game of his life, and so much so he had a a guest interview spot on SportsCenter. Christian Brown, uh, Brown, I should say, stepped into that role in game three. And sometimes when your stars are not getting it done, which they were for Denver, sometimes you need your supporting cast to help you out. Sometimes it's that unsung hero that comes out of nowhere, nowhere and helps contribute in, in, with major man, minutes. That was Christian Brown in game three the other night. So uh, Denver got contributions for up and down their roster. Uh, they didn't, Their biggest lead was 21, but I got the sense, Lakina, that – that final score should be a little bit. Uh, the, the that final score is really fool's goal because Denver dominated. Really, they dominated the second half. You really want to dig deep into it, but it was a tight first half. But you could tell that Denver was in control all game long. I told you that Jimmy Butler was going to have a big game. Uh, he started to get hot in the first quarter, but as the game went on, he started to tire out a little bit. I don't know what the reason was. Maybe still uh, have a lingering effect of so the angle entry from early in the playoffs. I don't know. I know he ended up with 28, but I thought he was going to have a big game. Uh, it, it, it just didn't see it. Of course, starting that third quarter, Miami started to sell for a lot of jump shots. Uh, they were terrible from three, even though they shot 31% overall. But you tell their legs were tired. They, they started to take a lot of bad shots, especially starting that third quarter. And Denver just took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Christian Braun, I mean, look, you know, I doubt he's not going to score 15 points, you know, mm-hmm. and tonight. I don't think that's going to happen. And, but also, too, like, you know, look, 28 points for Butler. That's actually, he averaged about 28 per game. So it's not like this, he had an off game. Unfortunately, you know, we've seen that, you know, we won a 35 to 40 point, and I think we're going to get that tonight. If you're Miami, you better try, you know, tonight, you better try and win game four because if you go back to Denver mm-hmm. three, one, you might as well just you know pack it in. I don't want to say that they don't have a shot, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You would rather you rather tie the series at two to be down three one. And I'll just leave it at that. But I think for me, I think look, they were you know they were right there. Miami was it was back and forth for that first quarter. You know, Denver pulled away a little bit in the second you know in the second quarter. Then it was after that. I mean, they only scored twenty points. Talking about Miami, did it felt like they didn't score as much, but you know, right. it felt like. It- a little bit, you know, they were down even further, so they had to play catch up, and I think that's the problem. Look, you gotta look, you gotta set the tone early. Jimmy has to set the tone and that offense too. They gotta hit their shots. You know, Gabe Vincent, I know it's gonna be hard for him, you know, not going to foul trouble. Trust needs to hit his shots. Duncan Robinson needs to hit their hit his shots. We'll see. You know, they're they're might they're still a tease. Maybe Tyler Hero might play tonight. We'll see. And he definitely gives them that offensive uh, you know, you know, jolt that they really need. And I think, look, Caleb Martin needs to step up, too. I think, look, there's a lot of – there's still a chance, you know, for them to win this series, I think. I know people want to say, oh, it's over, you know, Denver and five, whatever. But, look, I think they need to kind of – especially since they're going to be at home. I know that uh, – look, look, Joker's just going to get his shots. Murray's going to get his shots. You got to slow down guys like Aaron Gordon. You got to, you know, slow down guys like Caldwell Pope. And you got to – 
you know, and Michael Porter Jr., who hits him, you know, he was he hasn't really been a factor, but you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, look, you gotta you'll make sure the supporting cast doesn't get their shots either. And I think that's been the problem. Don't let a Christian Braun, you know, take over a game and hit some base shots for you. You don't want that to happen if you're Miami. We'll see. Look, they got you know, the day. And you have to wonder, too, will fatigue be a factor, especially since, you know, they're, they're playing really hard. I know uh, Joe Kiss, you know, played like 44 minutes and uh, Murray played 45. Look, this is going to be like, what, like the 21st game for some of these guys. So mm-hmm. you got to think fatigue's going to be setting in. And we'll see what happens. Look, look Miami, yeah, yeah, the Nuggets are fresher. But look, you got to look, it's still like a lot of things there, especially if you're shooting a lot. That could tear you. That could wear you out. So I'm wondering, like, could that play a factor too? So we'll see tonight. Yeah, pay attention to these uh, three key statistics from Game Three, and that's uh, I believe one of the main reasons why the Denver Nuggets won Game Three. Listen to this first statistic in rebounds: Denver 58, Miami 33. I'll repeat one more again, as you young folks would say: 58 to 33 in the rebounding department for Denver. Number two, points in the paint: Denver 60, Miami 34. If that's not a discrepancy, I don't know what is. <laughs> and yeah. also, too, where's my uh-huh. other statistic? Yeah, in assists, Denver was a plus eight twenty twenty. Yeah, I think that that yeah, you, you, the rebounding thing has really been a problem for them, especially on the Ori defense, the defensive rebounding side. Um, they're just not. It just isn't there for them. Like you can't afford to have, uh, especially the defense side, you had like forty five to like. Uh, like 20, 23 or something like that. You know, they mm-hmm. have rebounds. Like, you can't let them do it. Look, I know, look, you got to get Jokic away from the basket and not try to get those rebounds. The BAM has to be a little bit more aggressive. Cody Zeller is not the answer. He needs to not, you know, <laughs> not be playing. Look, you let, look, look, not like Kyle Lowry, you'll try to hit some shots. I mean, he was a non factor. He, I know he had nine points, but like I said, he, you know, he, has, he was pretty much a non factor in that game. And look, he needs to be a little bit of a factor too, I think. Look, if you're Eric Spolstra, you need to you need to win this game. This is a must win for Miami. You don't like I said, you don't you want you rather be tied at two than me up down three one going back to Denver. You just don't want that. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. This is our Friday Fun Fun Friday edition. I'm Sid Desakina. We're reviewing uh, Denver Nuggets game three win from the other night in the NBA Finals, 109 to 94. Let's get into uh, the preview for tonight's game, which is game four. It'll also take place in South Beach. That's tonight at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on ABC. Lakina, I think we, we did get some of the uh, keys away for, for tonight's game. For me, for, for the Miami Heat, I agree with you. Just like in game two, and Kyle Lowry said it to Stephen A. Smith and, and Mike Greenberg in a post-game show crew, uh, let you can let Jokic get his, but if you let some of the other guys like Jamal Murray, Catavius Caldwell, Pope, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr. get off, uh, it's going to be a long night for the Miami Heat. You don't want some, the supporting cast to get any confidence, confidence because right now they have it. On the flip side for Miami, uh, the defensive rebound is what I'm looking at, and you, you got to have someone else besides Bam Adebayo get in there and do the dirty work and bang the boards. And also, number two for Miami, yeah, as you mentioned, whether Tyler Hero uh, is activated for game four tonight or not, you see, still need other guys to step up to hit that shots like Gabe Vincent. And I'm definitely looking at Duncan Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those definitely guys definitely step up. But like you said, the rebounding thing, I mean, look, I know Gabe Vincent, I know, I know it's hard for him to do. Like, the, the, don't try and get into foul trouble. I think that's going to be the mm-hmm. thing. And also, uh, who, who else? A big guy. I mean, look, Kevin Love. I know that he look. He's not the Kevin Love that we saw in Cleveland uh, mm-hmm. years ago, but he needs to kind of have the game of his life tonight. Look, you don't look. You don't like I said. You 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 want to try to look. I know 
it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, their bears are stronger, but you got to outshoot them. And I think that's been the, been the thing that they have not done that. Look, 31.4% from the three, that's not going to win it for you. And yeah, I know Denver hasn't, you know, wasn't you know, great either. I mean, they only, they're only 27.8%, but at least they made their mm-hmm. shots when they needed to. And I think that's going to be kind of like the thing. And look, you know, hit your free throws too. I mean, look, you, you have to look 78.9. That's not going to do it for you. And the, the free throw for discrepancy, I think that's going to be a problem too. So you gotta, you know, you gotta get it going, set the tone early. Look, I know it's going to be hard to, you know, keep you know Denver at harm at arm's length, but no pun intended. But <laughs> look, you gotta do it. So and I think, look, don't let guys like Christian Braun beat you. Don't let guys like Caldwell Pope or Michael Porter Jr. beat beat you. So you, you gotta, there's gotta be an unsung hero tonight. Look, we make, we make look, Caleb Martin might be an unsung hero again, but someone needs to do it for Miami to kind of help Jimmy and Bam out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point with the free throws uh, discrepancy, Link. You know, remember after game one of uh, the Miami, we talked about this on, on a couple of the shows after game one, uh, which was last week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Miami Heat went to the free throw line only two times. We said well, was, that wasn't going to get it down. They wanted to sell the game in Denver. They tripled that statistic in game two. Mm-hmm. Game three the other night, uh, they only went to the free throw line 19 times in Denver went to the free throw line 27 times. Miami mm-hmm. has to get aggressive outside of Jimmy Butler driving that ball to the basket and getting to the free throw line. And as I said before, uh, with that game three loss the other night, Miami, especially in that second half, they sell for too many damn jump shots, especially yep. on the three-point range when they weren't making them. They were not driving the ball inside. How do you get in the game, back in the game, trailing uh, by a lot, Lakina? You be aggressive defensively, which the Miami Heat are a great defensive team, but you also mm-hmm. had to force the rest to blow their whistle, which means you don't sell for jump shots. You get into that free throw line, you get to the get into the lane, draw fouls, get yep. you'll get you in foul trouble, get Aaron going in foul trouble, you go to the free throw line and hit your throws. Yeah, I think they gotta be more aggressive from the field, especially yes. if they want to get rid of that discrepancy. That's been the that's been a problem, unfortunately, for Miami, especially those those especially in game one, especially in game three as well. Look, you know, if look, I Jokic, you know, he flops. I, I get it, but look, it's just you just gotta be a little bit you know, more aggressive. You've got to play their game, you know, try to be aggressive, you know, look. You got to do it. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, like I said, you can check out a uh, game of four, a pivotal game four for Miami in the NBA Finals tonight on ABC. You can also stream it on ESPN Plus. So make sure you guys check that out. As you listen, I can see sports on Sports on Chicago, like Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now, uh, Sid, let's do that hockey real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, the Panthers cut into that 2 1 uh lead against the Vegas Knights in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, look, yeah, look, Keith, could, yeah, I mean, uh, look, Matt could just say, yo, Keith was his uh, is, is his dad. Uh, but you know, look, they, they got down to overtime uh, goal, another overtime session. I think this is what, like, I'll get to that stat in a second, but mm-hmm. you know, just a pivotal win, you know, for. Uh, the Panthers, a three-two uh, OT win there, and look, I, I look. It was just like you know, one of those crazy games. You thought that you know they were up one, they were tied at one going to the first intermission. You thought that after Vegas to the two-one lead, you thought that maybe okay, we're gonna go down three-one uh, until it was Mr. Matkachuk who tied that game with about a little over two minutes left. Um, in the game, you know, Carter Verhey, uh, you know, with the assist there. And of course, it was Carter Verhey, Swaggy, as they call him, uh, who uh, mm-hmm. hit that game, uh, game winner about four and a half, four and a half minutes into 
over time. And you know, Sid, I, I feel like this is something that we might have a series here, but we'll have to wait and see. There's been yeah, a lot of penalties, you know, a lot of comebacks, and you know, it was just it's just been really a little bit of a crazy game. Of course, power plays, you know, bad you know, failed power plays by the Panthers, but they were mm-hmm. able to get this win that they desperately needed. Yes, the penalty minutes started to pile up again for 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 the Florida Panthers, but they wasn't as bad as it was when they were in Vegas, especially in Game Two. And so you saw the discrepancy right there. But I thought they played a a, a very a disciplined game, using air quotes here, compared to Game Two, where things were going off the rails there. But Florida Florida stuck with it. I thought Vegas was the better team throughout the most part of that game. If they would have won it last night, uh, it, it would have been justice. In Vegas would have had, would have had a three zero series. Well, now it's cut down to two one. Mention for Gay Heath, that's his fourth overtime career playoff goal, and that's his second of this year's playoffs. So uh, he's one of those ones you should watch out for. As, as he is, is he's been stepping up in big moments for the Panthers this year. Also, too, they starting goalie Sergey Gorbaski. Remember, Lakeem, you asked the question: Should he have been benched? I said no. These things happen. Let's see what he does in game three. Look what happened. He had the second start of the game with 25 saves last night. Yeah, 25 saves, you know, was good. Include some big ones there for uh, for Robowski. I think he was starting to kind of show a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to say that he was kind of like losing that that steam a little bit that he had, you know, especially from the other series. But he actually looked mm-hmm. really good um, yesterday, at, last night, I should say. Look, you know, he, look, he saved some. There were, look, there were a couple of chances the Knights had to, you know, to take that lead and perhaps maybe even win it in overtime. But they, uh, the Robrowski made those uh, made those saves and still on his head. And and look, I think I, I feel like this is definitely if you're TNT, you're happy about this because this the last thing you wanted was to have a three zero, uh, you know, a three zero advantage for the Knights, you know, going into uh, you know, tomorrow night's uh, game four. Now this is going to be a pivotal game four for uh, for the Panthers, especially. <laughs> Same thing with the Heat. You don't want to be down uh, 3-1, you know, going back to Vegas. So you got to do the same thing that you did in this, you know, in this in this game last night. I mean, I know the little bit of cool. I know Kachuk got, uh, you know, got uh, Jack Eichel back for a hit, you know, from the from game two. But yeah. you know, he was able, but they was, you know, he had to go off a little bit, you know, but, you know, the you know, nice got him back and he was able to come back. But, you know, he was able to come back and uh, score that, uh, that game tying goal. And, Look, I think if you're if you're the 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 Panthers, you want to try to set the tone, kind of like slow it down a little bit. I know the Knights are like one of those fast paced teams; they want to kind of like you know get you going. Mm-hmm. But look, if you if you're the Panthers, you want to try to slow it down and perhaps maybe get that thing, you know, get it sort of like get the puck, you know, in the net, you know, try to you know get Aiden Hill on his toes, you know, kind of you know give up some like you know some cheap goals and you know you're here Bobrowski. Look, you beat the Bobrowski you we saw early on, especially in this series, you know, when you up when the Panthers up in Boston, you know, try to mm-hmm. kind of like stay on your head, you know, try not to give up those sort of gimme goals and such. So I think for me, that's gonna be the really gonna be the thing that's gonna go for me. That's gonna be the, the key for me, you know, going to uh, tomorrow's at game four. Yeah, going into tomorrow night's game four, you mentioned with Florida, they have to keep up uh, what they did last night. Yes, the penalty minutes piled up a little bit, but it wasn't as much as it was back in game two. Still play discipline, you know, create traffic in front of Aiden Hill, uh, Vegas in front of that net. Uh, be the aggressor. Just stay within yourself. And let's, let's not put that much pressure on Grabowski. Yes, he's going to make the incredible saves, but, you, you know, you had to uh, sacrifice your body and, and uh, block shots and, and don't give the way the puck as much. As I mentioned, Las Vegas, uh, for most of that game, were, they were in control last night. And I want to point out these statistics uh, for you guys. And you mentioned the power play early, Lakina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida was 0 for 5, while Vegas was 2 for 6. 
And uh, with the giveaways, uh, Florida had 24 giveaways to Vegas and seven. Florida has to take care of that puck. And uh, with the total penalties, it was eight to seven for, for Florida. As I mentioned, not as much, but uh, they played disciplined hockey compared to uh, game two. In the block shots department, Vegas had 31. Florida mm-hmm. had 17. So Florida's got to get down and dirty again. I work Vegas uh, to uh, win game four. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the thing. Like you said, you try not to lose your cool if you're the Panthers. I mean, you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know the Knights are very physical, you know, especially up front. But you don't want to, you know, lose your cool like you've been doing it because unfortunately mm-hmm. the, the penalty minutes have been just been killers uh, for both. I know game two, I think was the worst. I mean, it was 148 combined penalty, uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, minutes. And I think that's like the second most in a, in a Stanley Cup final, only trailing the game, game four of the '86 uh, final between Montreal and Calgary. Mm-hmm. You know, there were 148 minutes in that. Oh, Jesus, in that game. So I remember I saw I saw a repeat of that uh, game <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty uh, brutal. But yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to like you're trying to kind of like let the calm, you know, even you know, even keel, you know, the cooler heads prevailing and such. You know, I mean. Look, it's just you haven't been good in the in the power play anyway. So if you're if you're the Panthers, you want to try to kind of like keep your cool and set the tone and try to get an early lead so that we can kind of you know get Vegas kind of play catch up. And that's that, that's kind of like the thing here. Yeah, well, Las Vegas, as we told you guys, they could score uh, goals and bunches with the rest of them in the National Hockey League, but they're a workhorse team as well, and they could slow it down and make you play their style. Florida, as we mentioned, they're not an up and down or race you from from one end to the other end of the ice. They're, you have to outwork them as well. But Vegas is a well-balanced team. I think their roster is just slightly better than Florida's overall. Uh, and as even though I did pick Florida to win this series in seven, the main ways are because of Sergei Grabowski. But as you mentioned, Florida is going to have to lower the penalty minutes, lower the total mm-hmm. of penalties, play discipline within uh, within their uh, within their style. And not give uh, give up any uh, rebounds, any multiple scoring chances to Vegas. Because if you do that against any team, especially against Vegas, uh, you're going to pay the price for it. Yeah, then they'll they'll let you they'll they'll make you pay. So yeah, I think we'll see what happens. Like I said, I mean, it's gonna it's all gonna turn out. You know, who's can kind of you know get their style you know mm-hmm. going and perhaps maybe you know try not to get those all those penalty minutes. So. You know, it's been a very physical series so far, and they, look, they actually was actually pretty tame, you know, last night. So, but you know, look, if you're the Panthers, you want to try to, you know, set that tone and perhaps mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you know, get the the the, the Knights on their toes and try to get and get them to play catch up, not the other way around. So we'll see what happens with that. Of course, uh, all the games are on TNT, so you can check out tomorrow night's uh, game four, a pivotal game four, like I said, for the Panthers at eight o'clock, eight thirty, I should say. Uh, our time uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys check that out on TNT at 7 o'clock. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City. Lakia hanging out with you. Coming up is our homegirl, Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She's going to uh, join us for her bi-weekly commentary of sports, entertainment, and more. Lakina, we have a few minutes left before we have to break for the bottom of the hour. Uh, the Blackhawks are making news off the ice more, in more ways than one. Uh, this week, they hired a former 
former player at one time in the late 80s, and he actually got his media career started here in Chicago. I'm talking about the panger, Mr. Darren Payne, the former goalie. Uh, he's been doing St. Louis uh, Blues telecast for the last 14 years. But with their situation with Valley Sports, uh, he decided mm -hmm. to leave the, the Blues TV booth. He's coming back home to Chicago where it started for him uh, for his uh, sports media career. This is a great move. Him and Chris Vosters is going to uh, sound uh, um, great uh, together on TV. Um, uh, I'm assuming that Troy Murray is going to move back to the radio booth with John Weideman. I don't know what's this, what will – Patrick Sharp's role be going forward. Will it still be a three-man booth, which I doubt, but no, I doubt uh, will Sharp uh, go to the uh, TV booth? Will he pursue other opportunities? But uh, for Derek Payne to uh, be back in the broadcast booth for the Blackhawks, great move by this organization. Yeah, shout out to Jeff Akris, who was one of the first to write the news of the Chicago Sun-Times. Of course, mm -hmm. great media, great you know, Chicago media guy. You know, like I say, he's kind of like the new Robert Frieder, I guess. I know he hates it when people call him that, but he kind of <laughs> is becoming that. But, yeah, he was the first one to break this news. And, of course, yeah, he you know he left. Uh, he, of course, I'm talking about Panger, left uh, Bally Sports St. Louis, unfortunately. You know, like, you, like you said, they've been having issues. So that might have been the reason why they gave him a chance to bolt. I know he still travels back and forth. I know he and uh, his family, they still live here. You know, I think a couple of his daughters still live here. Chicago. They went to school here uh, in the area. So, you know, that was a, a nice pickup for them. I think he and Boston, Chris are going to, we got to get, we got to try to get him on. I know he's been like yes. so busy. Yeah, real quick, look here. Did you see uh -huh. his tweet yesterday? Yeah, that was about hilarious. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, I know he uh, he and, uh, uh, and Payer were uh, FaceTiming each other. So I know that, that mm -hmm. they've been connected very well whenever uh, the Hawks play the Blues this season multiple times. So I know they have a little, already have a nice rapport. Look, I've been a, you know, is one of my favorite Blackhawks growing up. You know, of course, in the late 80s, of course, he's in goalie. The only 5'5", five five, but he was such a great goalie. I think he does get as much credit he deserves. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, did, you know, did some work here, you know, for the Blackhawks for the first couple of years. And, you know, of course, you know, ESPN did a lot of national stuff, too. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, he's been uh, doing blues uh, analyst work, you know, game analyst work for the last 14 years. And, Look, I think he, he said to himself, you know, he said he wanted to come back to Chicago. Let's you know, the, the the Blackhawks, you know, these, you know, great things are coming up too. Of course, with the pending uh, draft of Connor Bedard, and look, I, I feel like this is a great hire. Like I, I think Sharpie is gonna go go be doing some stuff for TNT. I think he might be uh, he might be doing some other national stuff. I know some national. I know ESPN probably might be interested in him as well. We'll get to why in the, after the break, but yeah, I think this is gonna be a great hire, a great 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 gift by the Hawks and. You know, to kind of start of, you know, a guy who's very well loved still here in Chicago. You know, it's going to be a little weird because, you know, well, the Chris is like like 6'4", something like that. You know, we know Peggers are like 5'5", five, five, so it's going to be, <laughs> you know, you might be, you know, we might see Pegger on a box. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, I'm going to let out a secret there, but I think they're going to sound great together. I know this is going to be a nice little way uh, transition there. I think, I think that, you know, the fact that they did do a three-man, I think that might have threw, threw a lot of it off a little bit. They didn't have... You know, Sharpie doing some national stuff. And of course, you know, Troy still doing uh, WGN radio, their Hawks coverage. So, yeah, it was, I think it was just, it was just wasn't consistent enough. So, I think having a consistent guy, I think that'll only help you, both, both Pregnant and Chris. Holy jumping. <laughs> I can't wait for him to say that a thousand times during the broadcast. But mm -hmm. as you mentioned, as you, as you mentioned, Darren Payne is coming in at the right time with the pending drafting of Conor Bedard. The, or the Hawks organization cannot say, say that, but we'll say it for you. They have a less than mm -hmm. a month left before the NHL draft in, <laughs> in Nashville. But 
uh, he brings professionalism. He brings personality to the booth. I think it's gonna, only going to help out Chris Vosters. Chris Vosters did a heck of a job this year. Like you said, given the cir- circumstances with Sharp and Troy Murray. Now it fills out the roles with Troy Murray, hopefully going back to WGN Radio. And it, it'll help out the coverage of NBC Sports Chicago as well. We all know that the Blackhawks are going to st- uh, stink for next year, but uh, the, as the talent hopefully improves with this team for the next couple of years, we know the broadcast is going to be A+. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think I think Vosser's panger. I think that might be a nice, might be a new uh, nickname here. So we'll see what uh, what happens with that. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a really quick break. Our girl uh, Christy Mack over KXRB is on deck. Of course, we got some NFL news. A couple of veteran guys are have said uh, adios to their respective teams, and also mm-hmm. of course you know, all the other sports media news, including a. Uh, uh, a firing of a longtime ESPN guy. I got a, I got a boat to pick on that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so much more coming up too. So our, with our girl Christine, and of course, of course, PGA and Liv, you know, joining forces. So we'll give our thoughts on that. Uh, a lot to do still coming up next. For our girl Christine, Medica for KXRB, Lakita McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports Social Chicago. We're wrapping this up. Coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of the day, last segment of the week as you're listening to Second City Sports on this fun Friday, Friday fun edition. Real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone, Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You follow my Kina again on the Twitter and I can't as on the IG. We have less than a half hour left or so in this fabulous program. If you want to send us your questions or comments, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get that up on the screen for you. All right. You know her. You love her. We love her, too. She is our girl from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She is the one, the only, the queen herself, Miss Christine Matica. Hey, Christine. How are you? We're doing well. Uh, trying to get yes. the air quality down a little bit. So uh, what, what's going on? I know, I know you guys are all good in South Dakota, right, with the air quality and all the, with the wildfires and yeah, such. Yeah, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, almost a month ago, we actually had those wildfire smoke, that wildfire smoke come into to Sioux Falls. So it was a it was a little toasty here for the for the first few couple of days, but then thankfully it lifted. But yeah, that that's crazy in New York right now. It did not get that dark for South Dakota. I will say that. Okay, good. That's great to hear. All right, yeah. Sid. Oh, uh, you go before Sid. <laughs> uh, before we get started, Christine, I meant to mention this on the last couple of shows that we had you on, but uh, let Lakina, let's clap it up for Christine's sister. Yeah. She finally got her dream job. For yeah. those of you that don't know, Christine, tell the people what that job is. Yeah, so Katie is now officially Dr. Katie Manica. Uh, yeah, so if, if anybody listening has pets, dogs, whatever you got, exotic animals, lizards, snakes, you can find her at the clinic at a Naperville, Springbrook Vet Care Clinic in Naperville. Nice, nice. Doing great things. How about animals? Yeah. We love, we love seeing that. So, yeah, congrats to Miss Kate. Oh, Dr. Uh, Katie, as you, I'm sure. Yes. Dr. Katie, she looked like a little chef. I made fun of her with, like, her little hat on. And I said, it looks <laughs> like you're about to make a couple of pastries or something. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably could do that, too. Why not? Yeah, she do that on the probably. side, Probably. I feel bad that she's not here. She was literally here visiting me for a whole week, and she just left yesterday. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, tell her we said congratulations. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Really deserve me. So uh what do you think about your White Sox, Christine? I mean, they're 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 back in it, right? I mean, they're three and a half back. So what do you think? You think that you're are you like me, you want to wait and see, or do you think you know, are the White Sox really back? I think I want to credit this energy to to Liam Hendricks just because yeah. it, it's amazing. I was I was talking about this about a week ago. We all knew that he was battling cancer, right? But we didn't know the extent as to what he was actually going through. And then to have it come out that it was diagnosed as stage four, that's that's incredible in itself, you know? So the fact that he's on the mound and he has that energy, he's fired up, he's ready to go, I think that just motivates the team 
even more. Look at Kopech. He was in a slump for, I think, the first two months of the season. And now then all of a sudden, I don't know what, maybe it was his own motivation or something, but I, I think Liam Hendricks does something positive for the team. Yeah, I want to ask you, Christine, about the White Sox pitching staff. I know Dylan Cease hasn't had the, the season that, that we all wanted, but it looks like he's starting to pitch well. Lucas Giolito pitched his tail off the other night in New York City. He's the uh, only Sox pitcher to have back-to-back outings with a no-hit ball. Uh, Lance Lynn, I'm, I'm about done with him. The White Sox offense bailed him out <laughs> yesterday. But um, you mentioned Michael Kopech. I was there last Sunday afternoon. Outside that home run he gave up in the Tigers game, uh, he pitched his tail off. He's going to mm-hmm. pitch again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this White Sox pitching staff right now? Do you still have confidence in them as a group? I do, but I think, like we said a couple of weeks ago, I think Giolito is still on the chopping block when it comes to the trade deadline and to see kind of where the team is at next month. Um, so I think if he's if, if, since he's playing well, I think he's, a, either fighting for a spot or B, fighting to be on another team's spot. And he's just showcasing everything that he's got going on. So that's kind of an interesting timeline, too. But I hope they stay together. I hope they find a way to keep him. If not, I mean, you got to you gotta let someone go. And I think that would be the guy to let go. Yeah, I, I felt bad for Giolito, especially in that, that, that game, because I, right. you know, he could have gotten a no-hitter. I know he was over 100 pitches by then. I know uh, Pedro Grifo won to kind of – you know, save his arm, but you yeah. know, how many chances are going to get you know, to have a chance to throw a no hitter against the Yankees? I mean, come on now. You, that'd be a nice little, you know, notch on your resume, but right. <laughs> anyway, look, Eloy's hurt again. Ay, ay, ay. Jesus, it's always like two, two weeks, Christy. Like we said, two weeks like clockwork. He, you know, he, of course, he hurts himself, <laughs> you know, pulled up at, at that second game. So, what do you think? Do you think? Can he stay? Can he? Can he stay uh, injury free? I, I'm, I'm kind of like I love Eloy, but I'm, that, that he's starting to freak me out a little bit with all the injuries. Well, I, I guess since he is injured, you got to think about what's best for the team. And come next season, if he's just too much of an injury prone guy, then then that means it's time to that's time to move on. I think so. Uh, you got to give it a little bit of a chance here, but. Until his situation kind of plays out, we just got to root for him and, and see what can happen from there. Now, before we move on to other sports, Christine, uh, Jake Berger, are you logging on to MLB.com and voting him for the All-Star <laughs> game? He yeah. hit his first home run against the Yankees yesterday in Yankee Stadium, as I tweeted out yesterday. I said this to Lakina early in the show. And I'll say this to you. Except for catcher and perhaps shortstop in second, in second base, <laughs> Even, even especially now with the injuries to Eloy Jimenez, how long will Jimenez be out? We'll, we'll find out soon. But you got to keep Jake Berger's bat in the lineup every day. And I think that home run yesterday was, was only the second home run he's hit outside of Sox Park so far this year. You got to find a way to keep Jake Berger in the lineup every day, correct? It's a no-brainer, oh. you would think. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry for more. Seriously, serve me a <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. I, you know, I see, I don't, you, you told us that Chris is in California. Um, yeah, but we do want to talk about you know, the PGA and the live yeah. uh, merger because, you know, of course this news came out of nowhere on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. And then we get a, a, a joint uh, statement from, well, not really a joint statement, but a statement from Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner for the PGA saying that they're merging and, 
kind of catching a lot of folks off guard, I think. You know, Rory, I know he was very, he wasn't very happy. I saw a lot of, you know, Justin Thomas, you know, Colin Marikawa, I mean, a lot, you know, major winners, you know, a lot of those guys were not very happy with what happened. Apparently, Greg Norman, a major winner himself, who's been, you know, who started this Live Golf uh, Tour events, he wasn't very happy either. So <laughs> what do you think, Christine? I mean, it's a little kind of, it's a little bit nutty here, you know, about this whole merger. But so what do you think? There's, there's a lot of layers in this onion, right? It, it's just not everything that we're that we're seeing on the surface. I highly recommend if anybody hasn't done it, I highly recommend listening to the entirety of Rory McRoy's interview on Wednesday. For anyone that doesn't know, he is actually on the board for the PGA as one of the player representatives. Mm-hmm. So out of any guy that's on the tour right now, he knows more than the average player on on the golf course. Um, so I think the way that he explained it was was perfectly said. He held his composure and just kind of explaining what this is, what this is going to look like, and, and how the PGA is going to move forward. I like what he said when he said, um, this is not a PGA and live merger. This right. is a world golf PIF pga merger the goal from my understanding of it is to phase out live and i think this is what the goal was all along for for the or for the organizers that back that back live for the saudis and now that this merge is coming together it it fits both parties both ways the pga gets more money out of it and it gets the lawsuit dropped against right live live and vice versa for live they're going to make more money out of it and the lawsuit with the pga for them goes away so the way that it it seems is it's a win-win situation for both parties involved is everyone agreeing with that no but like i said i i highly recommend watching rory's interview just to get a better idea and perspective of what this is because again it's a pga world golf pif merger not a pga live merger going on here i was just going to ask you what does this do to the future of the pga and for for the game of golf in general because as you well know christine i'm a casual fan i.e tiger woods do will we start to see any more young golfers coming up with that personality? At least being in the in the realm of Tiger Woods, uh, a star that can cross over to get casual viewers like yours truly to watch the game of golf. Will this uh, be the effect of that? Hopefully, down the road for the game of golf. I think now that you know the golfers from Live will be coming back into the picture. I think it's going to to help because there was. There was a huge rift, and that's what everybody kept on talking about. And quite frankly, I think it was a headache for for the golfers just by mm-hmm. the way that they answer the questions. And and some of them kept their composure really well. And some of them are just like, I want to play golf. Like I I just want to play golf without the the politics, without extra extra cooks in the kitchen, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah. It's so funny how people bring up like, oh, my gosh, this is going to change the field, the game of golf. Well, think about it when the live wasn't a thing, when the live tour wasn't a thing. It's the same competitive edge. It's the same men on the field. It's it's the same way as how it was before live came. So anyone that says, oh, this competition is going to be tough. 
the competition never left. It was always there, but now it's going back to what it was before the live tour. Now they did say the PGA and the the live officials agreed that at the end of the list season, each player is going to be evaluated. And I'm assuming based on those evaluations, those will be the players that will be invited to join the PGA again. Top of my head, I'm pretty sure Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson are going to make that list of PGA players, of players that they want to come back to the PGA. My only curiosity out of this whole thing is how the scheduling is going to work out. Yes. You heard, again, Dustin Johnson, if you watch the Netflix full swing documentary, you heard his excuse about wanting to spend more time with family. And, and And this organization allowed that family time. Well, all right, now that you're potentially going to come back, what, what does that mean for, for scheduling? Does that mean the PGA rules are different? Can you miss more than one tournament instead of right. missing just one tournament? Um, what's the travel schedule going to be like? Is it still going to be all based in North America? Or are they going to start traveling to, to Europe to play some events? Possibly even somewhere in Saudi Arabia. I heard that being thrown around a little bit, that that's a possibility. Um, but until this all plays out, um, you just, we just don't know. We, we can only, we can only just assume what, what's going to happen and what we think will be the, the end goal here. Um, I feel bad for the guys playing the Canadian open right now. And I feel bad for them going into next week for the U S open just because it's going to turn into a media circus now. Mm -hmm. And all they want to do is win the u.s open and just play some good golf that's it that's all mm-hmm. these guys want to do so it puts it puts them in a very vulnerable position as if they weren't vulnerable already so not only do you get this news of oh my gosh we're merging with the pif and world golf but now we don't know what how the standings are going to work out how the, yep. how the payouts are going to be Nothing yep. like that. So, I, if anything, I would feel really bad for the golfers in this situation because, like, like Rory said, they they are the sacrificial lambs here. Yeah, unfortunately, money talks and BS walks in the end. So, mm-hmm. and like you said, we you know with Brooks Kepka, you know, one of the reasons why he switched over to live was because of the scheduling and such. So, you know, and, and he and his wife they're expecting a, a child. So, yeah, that's well, gonna- I would. I was going to say, too, with Brooks Kepka, I don't think it was necessarily the scheduling. I think if you look, if you watch the documentary and you could see, like, the body language, facial expressions and whatnot, I think he gave up on himself just because he had a right. lot of injuries. He had a lot of setbacks. And that's the same thing right. for Ian Poulter, too. They just they just fully gave up on themselves. So I, I feel bad that they ultimately had to make a decision that they probably didn't even want to make. So if anything, I think now that Brooks is healthy, I think it's going to be great for the PGA next year. Cause he's, he's playing like crazy. He's a stud. That's all I yeah. can say. He, he's playing really well. Definitely a, a favor for the U S open, you know, next weekend. Sorry. So go ahead. <laughs> We're hanging out with our homegirl, Christine, the queen, Marinica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right here on second city sports, the fun Friday, Friday, fun edition right here on sports. All <laughs> Chicago. See, looking at hanging out here with you, Christine, let's go to football. 
Dalvin Cook, soon to be former running back of the Minnesota Vikings, and he's going to be uh, released sometime this weekend. He uh, is. We heard. He, he, is. Just, say it's he just got released. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's official. Yep. He is. Do 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 do. <laughs> so he, he's a, <laughs> a, technically now a free agent. A couple of teams have been rumored for his services: the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins. You said to us via our chat yesterday, which mm-hmm. team should be acquiring another team should be acquiring his services? Mm-hmm. Their team would be Chicago. Tell us why, young lady. (laughs) The Bears have had such a good history with running backs. And if they still have the cap space to do it, might as well do it. I mean, what's stopping you at this point? If there's still money in the bank, I would use it on a guy like Dalvin Cook. I know some people say, oh, he's 28 years old. That's pretty old for a running back. The dude broke so many records last season. And even though he's 28 years old, he could still damn well run that football and get touchdowns for whatever team that he's on. So I think it's a huge loss for the Vikings and Vikings fans that that they had to release him and there wasn't really an agreement in place. Um, but if, if the Bears were smart, I would I would uh, I would consider uh, watching. I would consider um, getting him on on the team, especially especially now that I think the city and and the bears organization have come to a mutual agreement about staying in chicago after after the meeting with uh with the new mayor i think brandon johnson and then uh kevin warren so yeah i i think that's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for that situation yeah we'll we'll get to that in, in a second now uh I can, I can understand why Miami, because he's from that area. He went to Florida State. Right. I know mm-hmm. a lot of his family, you know, still lives down there. So I'm thinking that he probably wants to be close to family. But, you know, the Bills are a little bit closer to winning a championship. And I know Sid hates that Josh Allen. We'll get to Josh Allen now being the new uh, Madden cover, <laughs> uh, cover guy in a second. But I know he hates that he usually is the one that leads the uh, the Bills in rushing for most of the game. So having someone like Dalvin Cook to kind of, you know, get, get the load off, I think that can only help. But – Look, I know, I know, uh, Baltimore. I know, heard his, you know, that name, that TV for yeah. like, uh, a couple mm-hmm. other teams out west as well. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested because he now he'll now have his choice of what team, he, what which team he wants to go to. So I'm fascinated yeah. to see where he goes. Just, just keep him out of Kansas City. That's all I. Oh yeah, say. I know. Yes, I'm Yeah, yeah, anywhere. If you Buffalo City. Baltimore, yeah, if you Buffalo Baltimore, if you sign them there, they'll, they'll definitely keep him away from Kansas City. But I can see Christine's point. Of Dalvin Cook signing with the Bears, one, I'm sure he won't say it out loud, but if Dalvin Cook signed with Chicago, he can play the Vikings twice a year. The Vikings won't like that. But Khalil Herbert, he's a nice running back for the Bears, but he's just starting running back as of right now. Let's just say Dalvin Cook did sign with the Bears. That will definitely help with the load because Dalvin Cook's been banged up for the last couple years. But like you said, Christine, when he's healthy, uh, he's a dynamic running back. and so. And so uh, he will he will look good in the, on the Bears' depth chart right now. But yeah, I think I, so too. I, I, but I think he's he wants to go to a contender where they're like Lakina said that he's that they're ready to win now, especially yeah. with Lamar Jackson back now for Baltimore. Uh, they're a viable option. Buffalo they they need him, so yeah. <laughs> Buffalo makes sense. Let's see if they, if they can work it out. Uh, as far as their salary cap is concerned, yes, the Bears do have salary cap space, but you know they're trying to save that for Justin Fields in the next yep, couple of years, right. especially if he performs this upcoming year. You know mm-hmm. he's going to talk contract extension, and rightfully so. So, but we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Devin Cook has a number of options. And you, like you said, Lakina, Miami. You know he went to Florida State, 
But the question I have for the Dolphins is, will Tua Tungvaloka stay healthy? Because one more good concussion, mm-hmm. is, I don't want to count him out, but he's had a history of that. We saw that last year. Yeah. And if you devil could, do you really want to take that risk of going down there and all the on all the offensive loads going to be on your shoulders if Tungvaloka will be out for any extended period of time next season? That'll be, like I said, that'll be interesting, but like, but I think, like you said, Chris, I think the Bears might be, might be a good, you know, good fit. I mean, if you're, look, look, if you're Ryan, Ryan Poles, I mean, why not kick the tires on him at least, you know, just to kind of like listen and see mm-hmm. what his numbers are. But like, like, like we said, the Bills, the, uh, the Ravens, um, I think I saw somewhere, I think uh, Denver, we'll get to Denver in a second because they got one of those KC uh, guys in a, in a, in a minute, mm-hmm. um, you know. Like I've heard a couple other, and I well, the Chargers. I saw the Chargers. You know their names being floated around as well. So yeah, I think. Look, if you're Devil Cook, you're you're kind of sitting pretty right now. You you got released, so you know we can kind of see where you want to go. So it should it should be interesting where he goes. Yep, it will be fun. All right, Lakina. Like uh, you mentioned, the Denver Broncos they have new head coach Sean Payton. Russell Wilson hopefully won't be acting a fool this year <laughs> as the Broncos trying to get back to the playoffs. They did sign one former Super Bowl champion from that Chiefs team a couple years ago, and his name is Mr. Frank Clark. Uh, Yay! <laughs> four time, yeah, four time Pro Bowler. Uh, definitely beefing up that uh, that front seven for uh, the Broncos. They really need that. You know, Sean Payton were able to steal, uh, you know, the uh, Clark from the Chiefs. So, what do you guys think of that, about that signing yesterday? It shows that Sean Payton's serious and he wants to bring a win for the team. If he if he sees the talent and if they're confident in his evaluations as an organization, they want to they want to go all the way. Yeah, Denver's defense struggled last year. That's a young defense. Remember, they traded Bradley Chubb to I believe the yeah. Dolphins last year to trade yep. deadline. So. We know we all know about Russell Wilson's struggles from the offensive end last year, but their defense was really the one that was the yeah. uh, the backbreaker, especially after, uh, right. after all those moves in injuries uh, during around the trade deadline last year. So this will help out that Denver defense, but it, but it's all about uh, Russell Wilson. Can he stay healthy? He has a lot of miles on those tires, and I think Champagne's going to use wherever he has left to get the best out of Russell Wilson. Just hopefully that he, one Russell Wilson can keep his wife off of social media. That's one thing. And number two, can get some more weapons around them because I think Denver will be improved uh, next season. But they're in a tough division with the Raiders, mm-hmm. the Chargers, and of course the Kansas City Chiefs are defending champs. Oh yeah, that team. Yeah. <laughs> that team. Oh yeah, that those guys. Yeah, I forgot about the <laughs> forgot about the Chiefs, but yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a big you know nice signing, and you know going to uh, your your AFC West rival, and I'm sure Chiefs fans were not happy that Clark signed uh, with the Broncos, but yeah, like you said, so I think you know beefing up that front seven, and you know Sean Payne is very he wants to win. I, I don't know if he would have taken the job with the Broncos and you know got out of the, the yeah. TV uh, movie if he if he didn't want to win. So we'll see. You know, mm-hmm. they made a lot of interesting moves, so we'll see how how it goes. Yep, Christine, let's switch over to the NBA Finals. Of course, the Denver Nuggets have a 2-1 to series lead. Uh, they won game three the other night. Tonight is game four. Uh, what has been your assessment about these NBA Finals so far? And do you still believe that Jimmy, Buck, Jimmy Butler and crew for the Heat still have a chance to win this series? Well, gee, if the Panthers got their first Finals win ever in the organi- in the organization's history, then anything can happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's what? there's something in that Florida water, man. I don't know what's going on down there, but I think 
if they, gosh, Jokic is so tough. Doing a 30, right. 20, and 10, the first one to, to do that ever, that's that's just crazy. And and you know, you gotta you gotta give your respect to to Joe to Jokic, and then you also gotta give your respect to Jimmy Butler too. He really brought the team back and has been continuing to lead them forward, not just towards the end of the regular season, but during the whole postseason too. I don't think that they were supposed to be in the finals. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be in the finals. But then all of a sudden they they have surprised everyone. And I guess that's why they call it the postseason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy things happen there. Uh, going back to NFL for a second, guys. Apparently, uh, of course, Deion J. Hoppins, you know, happy birthday, just turned 31, um, has visited both the Titans. He had a visit with the Patriots. Where do you guys think? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Where do you think he's going to go? I know there's been uh, the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs, dare I say, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the 49ers, uh, the, I think that the Chargers to a couple other teams. So, yeah, what do you guys think? <laughs> Keep, uh, I'll, I'll start um, with Christine. Keep him away from Kansas City. I think that's going to happen because of their salary cap situation. But yeah. why are you going to the Titans? Brian Tannehill's not the answer. I thought he was out the league five years ago. Yeah. Oh, boy. But anyway, uh, the Patriots, I can understand. But Bill Belichick, if you believe the reports, he's not happy with Mac Jones. So uh, uh, maybe he has some other move up his sleeve. If he decides to pick up uh, Hopkins, I'm not sure. He's always doing something sneaky, but <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But you would think that Buffalo should be knocking on his door, Baltimore. Maybe Miami with an outside shot. I don't know. But uh, we'll see how much money that DeAndre Hawkins will command in the open market. I, I, you know, I would think that he would fit well in, in the, with the Bills or even <laughs> with um, the Patriots. So I'm just going to say one, both of them, just because, one, I haven't heard much about the Patriots this offseason, so I think throwing their name out there is a good idea. <laughs> and then number <laughs> Number two, I think the Bills, look, they, they really, I really thought that they were going to go all the way last year. I really did. So maybe now is, is the time that darn Buffalo's, cur- Buffalo's curse. I, I can't, I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anybody does now. Uh, speaking of, you know, hard knocks, you know, of course, they're you know, kind of, you know, looking for who that team is going to be now. Robert Sala. It should be the Bears. Coach, well, Robert Sala, who's a coach for the Jets, said that, he you know, he yeah, he knows of a lot of a lot of teams that would love for Hard Knocks to be in their building, but they're just not one of them. So for anybody who was hoping for the Jets to be uh, part of Hard Knocks this year, of course, with Aaron Rodgers and the other moves that they made, uh, well, at least according to you know Coach Sala, that's not happening. And I don't think you're gonna see with the Bears either. Sorry, said I know you want you really want the Bears, but you know they're not gonna want to do that. So you know what do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> they're gonna do like. Um, what if they did like the Dolphins or the Jaguars? Let's just let's just throw them in the mix and see what happens. Sid's looking at me going, "Oh God, I hope." No, no, not. no. I have a thought. I have a thought after after your comment. Go on. Go no, on. no, no. I, I did. You go for it. No, I was. You actually brought up a good point with Jacksonville. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to his third year, I believe, next year. They yeah. made the playoffs last year. They made history with their uh, playoff win over the Chargers, the second largest comeback win in NFL yep. playoff history. Right. Jacksonville's not bad, but I'll, uh, and I, I, I do say the Bears because you're finally starting to get new ground on the new stadium. They have a favorable schedule for next year. Justin Fields, 
people love him. And so and then the league really wants them to do well. So that's why I say the Bears. Well, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't think the Bears – look, the Bears brass is not going to want to uh, have uh, the hard knocks anywhere near them. So I don't they're think just, that's going to – They're gonna... too dysfunctional right now, I think. Right. They're, yeah, they're that, too that's, all yeah. over the place. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, you know, the Jets – sorry to disappoint all the Jets fans listening or watching this, but, yeah, unfortunately that's not – that's not going to happen there now. Oh, um, Robert Sala doesn't want to see Aaron Rodgers do the uh, Taylor Swift dance. <laughs> oh, uh, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. So we'll be interested to see what happens with that. Now, uh, so sports media news uh, real quick. Uh, ESPN, uh, the the cutting continues. Uh, of course, Chris uh, Chelios, of course, a former Blackhawk, won three Stanley Cups with the Red Wings has been let go. His contract will not be renewed after this NHL season. Now, Neil Ever, who's been, I think, what, about 27, what, 23 years he's been there. Uh, he's been, you know, let go. You know, his contract will not be renewed either. You know, unfortunately, we're probably going to be hearing other names from ESPN that might be getting the boo with the, with the on-air uh, talent uh, being let go. I love Neil Everett. I, I think, you know, him and Stan Verrett, especially when they move, when they move them to Los Angeles, that's one of my favorite sports centers. I always actually record that sports center because I love uh, those two. They have a great rapport there. And so, yeah, that, that's going to be going to be tough. But, yeah, I think there's going to be more names, familiar names that are going to be cut from, uh, from uh, ESPN. What do you guys think? I guess it just depends on what, the, what they're thinking, what kind of their, their plan is for the future of ESPN. Um, I'm unfortunately have known a couple of a couple of ESPN uh, former employees that that had to get cut that got let go. So let's let's hope that that kind of slows down a little bit for them. Yeah, I'm with you, Lakina. That was a very good sports center. The the LA edition of sports. Center. I know Linda Coleman has been a part of that as well. And uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Brewer. Ashley Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Neil Everett was starting to do some work mm-hmm. with the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, this year he'll probably do that now and then i heard that he's had some side projects on the horizon as well so i I think he'll be fine he'll be fine yeah 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 i agree i think he'll be okay any other sports media news uh sid oh belly sports uh, of course, we all know that the San Diego Padres, uh, uh, they they missed the payment a couple weeks ago. Actually, Bally Sports missed the payment a, a couple weeks ago, paying the San like Diego Padres. Teams. Right. And so and now their games are being broadcasted by major and produced by Major League Baseball. But uh, after last week, we talked about looking at the last week, a judge ordered uh, the teams that are that are still airing their games on Bally Sports, uh, uh, that that the Bally Sports Network still has to pay the teams that are that had their games aired on that network. But now it looks like Bally Sports wants to be spiteful and miss some payments to these four teams, the Anaheim Angels, the Minnesota Twins, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Texas Rangers. They're starting to behave very badly in talking about Bally Sports, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm with Christine. I think, look, you know, unfortunately, the landscape has changed so much. We were seeing, you know, games being streamed, you know, exclusively and, and such. I know that, come on, come on, Ballard, come on, Diamond Sports. I mean, you yeah. know, let, mm-hmm. let, let, you know, be, be, don't be cheap. You know, like pay these teams and such. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, look, the, the regional sports uh, future is definitely in question. What we were saying the last like month. Yeah, the way we view our sports and the way we consume it is, is changing. Like I, said, I think that old model of the regional sports network uh, may be coming to an end. 
And so uh, the future of sports television is here. We talk about the NBA. Their national TV rights is up in a couple of years. So we'll see what happens in where the regional sports network model is. Is definitely going to be different. How different will it be once those rights are up in a couple of years? We'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. Want to give a quick shout out real quick to the Oklahoma win- women's softball team. Uh, yeah. Of course, they yeah they won their uh, third straight national championship, their seventh national championship, their sixth in the last decade. Uh, there was still sixty one and one overall, which is a D one record. They've won fifty three straight, which is also a D one record. They've scored five hundred runs for the third straight year. That's a D one record. The second team to win three straight uh, national titles, joining UCLA, who did it. In 1988 and, and through 1990, uh, Patty Gasso, who has done a great job, or 20, I think she's been what, like 27 years <clears> with that program. Um, you know, she's been, you know, and actually, now have a new sale that's going to be coming up, you know, next year. So it's only going to get better for Oklahoma. So I uh, want to give the OU uh, girls their uh, their their props. Christine, yeah, no, congratulations. <laughs> All right, say so anything else before we uh, disperse. Um, I wanted to ask Christine, um, since we, we brought up Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Swift, um, oh, to actually tonight, uh, tonight is actually country music night as the White Sox host the Miami Marlins for the first yeah. game of that mm-hmm. three, uh, three game series on the South side. I know Christine, unfortunately you can't be here for that, for that game tonight, but, uh, <laughs> are you a Taylor Swift fan? And if so, uh, what are you, some of your favorite songs from her? I know she took over Chicago last weekend. Uh, there was a whole lot of people spreading out downtown. If you weren't at the Sox game, <laughs> you were in Soldier Field jamming out to Taylor Swift. Uh, are you a, uh, a fan of Taylor Swift or not? First of all, I think she's more pop now than country. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I think she, I kind of think she left her country era, so to speak, for any Taylor Swifties out there that, that know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I don't mind her. I like her music. Um, I don't, I love this song, Wildest Dreams. That's, that's one of my favorite from hers. Um, I, I just, yeah, like I, I don't mind her music. I wouldn't drop 600 bucks to go see her in concert, Thank you. But, Thank you. but I don't, I don't mind listening to her. Yeah. Now, okay. if we're talking about Jonas Brothers, yes, I will drop $600 for them. <laughs> <laughs> But not for, or or you too, but not for Taylor Swift. No. Oh yeah, you too. Yeah, I'll give you you too. Yeah, I'll say yeah. yeah. You too. I'll definitely uh, shout out six hundred uh, bucks for uh, that. Like I said, I'm, like 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 you said, Christy. I think she's definitely more pop and country. I know she's won like what three or four albums of the year in the Grammys. You know, all types of awards and such. But yeah, I mean, like it's it, it's fine. I mean, like I like I'm not shelling out six hundred bucks for for her. I know everything kind of went pretty well. I know she ate a actually uh, ingested a bug, but <laughs> not, not, li- literally, <laughs> not not figuratively. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, it, it's cool. I mean, look, yeah, you know, I know, I know a lot of people that went to the show last week, and I saw videos, and and it all looked yeah. great. Maren Morris, she's a country singer. She came up on stage with yes. Taylor to sing one of their songs together, which is a really cool, really cool moment. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, look, if you guys, you know, check that out if you're in New York and hopefully the air is a little bit better. So that folks can go to that concert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything's all good there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So enjoy the concert, everybody. And that's it. Close us out. <laughs> All right, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Lakina, where can people follow you on social you media? Me, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. 
Christine? They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore kxrb. All right, you can check us out anytime you want on War Media Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can catch us Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports on Chicago, both on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, you know, every, you know, noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Social uh, Sports on Chicago on our uh, Facebook and a uh, YouTube page. Yes, and also too, don't forget that you can catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, so uh, you know, enjoy all the sports. You know, you got, of course, you got the Stanley Cup final, NBA finals, and of course, you got uh, the baseball. Also, you got the French Open too uh, coming up this weekend. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Of course, the you know, the golf, as Christine said earlier, they're in Canada, right now the PGA. Uh, so yeah, a lot of great sports. You know, I think they got the World Course coming for NASCAR in a couple of weeks, so that mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun. And of course, they go tear up downtown Chicago and Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm sure, I'm hoping uh, Mary Johnson has that figure out. So, you know, Julio, stay safe, everybody. Of course, in the air quality. So, if you, if you, you know, if you can't stay inside, if you can, you know, go for it. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you guys next week. Go Sox! Holla! <laughs> <laughs>